Welcome everybody to VG Empire 123. It's 123, not a clever countdown, or count up, I should say. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Brett Elston, and joining me to my right. Oh, hey, I'm Mega 10 expert, Henry Gilbert. Hello. It's Rocktober, baby. It's been redubbed SMTober. Rocktober, if you recall, is a, the show goes weekly, all month. And uh, we pick one series that would always require more than one show to uh, get everything done. The very first one, four years ago, if you can believe it, wow. was Castlevania. Four episodes on Castlevania, and then after that was Pokemon, and then after that was no, after that was Final Fantasy, and then after yeah. that was Pokemon, and after that, which would be last year, was Rockmantober, aka Mega Man. Wow! And so uh, this is our fifth one. This I, is I, the fifth Rocktober. Amazing. Which yeah. also lines up with uh, VG Empire's fifth anniversary. Well, fifth birthday, I should say. Well, this is a great year to do Shin Megami Tensei because yeah. it's its 25th year. Yeah, which I – and we talked about this not long after concluding last year's Rocktober. We were like, oh, you know, what What might we do next time? And it's like, well, this series, that series. But uh, because you're a big Persona fan mm-hmm. and then by reverse proxy, an <laughs> SMT fan. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, I came to explore more SMT games from Persona, but uh, – and we already – this shows you how thick the Shin Megami yeah. series is because we already did a Persona episode, so Persona is not going to be part of it. No, this. this is this is mostly, especially the first two episodes, are the core SMT games, mm-hmm. and then the next two episodes we are still putting those together, spinoffs uh, and whatnot. But yeah, but nonetheless, like SMT something. Whereas Persona mm-hmm. is at this point its whole other series. Like, yeah, by the time they release Persona Four, they're just like it's Persona Four. Like yeah. it, it, it's made by Atlas. It features all the monsters yeah, from yeah, yeah. SMT, but it's not SMT. Anymore. Yeah, but what brought us in was the track Dream from Shin Megami Tensei, 1992 Super Famicom, and then it came to the PC Engine in 1993, 1994 the Mega CD, and 2001 the PS One. Uh, wow. It has been remade and ported quite a bit. Uh, just some quick information. Uh, sequel to Famicom game Megami Tensei. There was a one and two, and we covered Megami Tensei, I think, two in an episode called Fiddlin' with Famicom, oh, yes. which is all about sound chips and fun uh, audio goofery that they would do on the Famicom that most of that did not make it over to the U.S. Uh, that's a great episode, though. And Megami Tensei's music was great. Um, and this I didn't know. Megami Tensei was initially based on a novel, Mm-hmm. But quickly spun away from that and became its own thing. And even with Megami Tensei Two, was like, nah, it's not part of that anymore. It's like, yeah, there, there's a lot of you know, uh, genre writers in Japan, like novel writers, got really big in the eighties. And mm. uh, you think of like uh, another easy example is Earthbound slash Mother Creator Shigesato mm. Itoi, yeah, big name, big name writer back then, and he got to do games because they were the hot new thing to mm-hmm. to, to do narratively, and yeah. so. Yeah, Shin Megami is... Well, so Shin Megami's new Megami Tensei. Yeah, it stands for True Goddess Resurrection or New Goddess Resurrection or Shin being one of those nebulous words where you can kind of have it mean many things. But mm-hmm. they always localize it as True Goddess Resurrection. Uh, a first-person, actually Western-style RPG yes. uh, at a time when, you know, it was 1992, like JRPGs were very hot, like Final mm-hmm. Fantasy in general, Dragon Quest in general... But this was very corridor, walking yeah. down. Like if you remember, like swords and serpents, or it like, was a lot more similar to our like Fantasy Star, yeah, the that's original too. Fantasy Star, or you know, Wizardry, the PC, yes. yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the PC Western RPGs that inspired RPGs. Like a quick RPG history was, you know, mm-hmm. dr- there were Western RPGs, and mm-hmm. then those got like Wizardry chief among them. Those got yeah, played yeah, yeah. by. Super nerdy PC gamers in Japan. Uh, yeah. They were like, "What a, what a world!" And they're like, "I want to make this too, but I got to sell it uh, to a wider audience." And so, Dragon Quest was kind of the first game that really changed that up. Like, mm. here's the simplified Japanese role playing game. Yeah, yeah. But games like Mega Ten and then Fantasy Star and other ones, they they started out being a lot more hardcore and Western style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in addition to just being a very Difficult game, like Shin Megami Tensei. Uh, Numerous things going against this game, forever (laughs) being localized. One, a barrage of religious content. uh, Mm. Pretty intense, especially for the time, psychological storylines. A dense plot compared to, especially compared to FF4, which is, which I love FF4. Yeah. uh, And even 6, but all the characters are kind of like, you know, 6 is different with their character arcs, but like, it still feels video gamey and kind of like fun in some sense. Like six is very melodramatic, uh, and I mean that in a good way. Um, but this just seems 
you know, real world Tokyo, mm. trying to paint a more vivid picture about reality and like questioning and faith and what God's like death God... and doom and all these yeah. things. They're very, I mean, a lot of these songs are a bit dirge like. They're very, they're very, yeah, dirge is good for that. Uh, uh, funereal, if I may use another oh, word. Oh, wow, that's a good one. And, and yeah, when you check off a list, when you were to make a list of games Nintendo of America would never publish, <laughs> back then it would be a game about religion, a yep. game about death, and a game set in Japan. Yep, no, especially modern day Japan yeah. never would happen. Like all three, maybe, maybe a, a hyper fantasized like medieval Japan, or mm-hmm. you know, well even that. Yeah, I mean, we got you could do that, but yeah. not like oh, like Tokyo in the eighties. Like absolutely not. Like mm-hmm. that's too. No one in America wants to buy Ninja that. Gaiden and Golgo thirteen, notwithstanding. But yeah. uh, well, that even that he comes to New York. Oh, that's right, or to the U.S. at least to Galesburg <laughs> to or America land. Uh, but uh, I wrote uh, Kazuma Kaneko made the you know the designs but they're less fantastical like you know human proportions it's not big heads little bodies it's mm-hmm. you know regular looking people and even the monsters like while they are still clearly demons and monsters they still just have a proportional almost biblical look to them where they don't look so exaggerated for video games sake it's mm-hmm. very not that there aren't but weird weird they're things they're off-putting yes but yeah. they're not uh, that's one of their few ones that are cute is who became the mascot, mascot. of the series, but yeah. very few are actually any cute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jack Frost is pretty yes. much it. Uh, known for Jack Brothers, everybody. We'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, composer uh, Tsukasa Masuko uh, started at Tecmo, I think worked on Raigar Arcade, mm. Bomb Jack of the Mighty Bomb Jacks. Uh, worked on a lot of the Super Famicom SMT stuff you're going to hear. Uh, there are different arrangers that worked on the PS1, Mega CD, and PC Engine, that Sega CD and Turbo Duo, although we didn't get those here, so it technically didn't come out for the Turbo Duo, who cares? <laughs> uh, but different arrangers who then worked on his original stuff. So what I'm going to do in this first block of SMT1 music is, I believe I got all the versions from all of these games, which took some looking around, because this gets... Wow, For games yeah. that didn't come out here, it's not easy. But uh, I'm going to play Arcade Street... And that's going to go from Super Famicom. And you can kind of listen to the... This is almost uh, in order by chronological release date. Mm -hmm. So you hear the Super Famicom version to the PC Engine version. will fade into the Mega CD version and then into the PlayStation 1 version. Uh, That'll make this break kind of long, but you'll get to hear how these songs, one, began and then how they mm-hmm. changed over time. And then some of them are like, I love the sound of the Super Famicom ones. There's just a, there's a like voice to this stuff that I really associate with SMT and hopefully you'll be able to pick that up as we as we go through these. But Arcade Street, Kichijoji, which is, uh, again, S- uh, Famicom, PC Engine, Mega CD, PSX, and then uh, Shibuya, same order. Uh, but we'll do, again, Arcade Street, Kichijoji, and Shibuya.
fine selection of uh, creepy, uh, kind of unsettling, exploratory, like you said, exploratory mm-hmm. music where you're just poking around, walking yeah, through real, real locations more or less in Japan. It's walking, discovering music, yeah. and yeah, the I the Shibuya one, I I think the Super Famicom one is my favorite. Just like the 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 way here, like the light, like kind of like yeah, the drums mixed with just the I can just imagine like a Japanese guy with like a cigarette in his mouth like just <laughs> plucking away the bass yeah. like meow, meow. yeah it just has like a again it just like no other super nice game of the of that era really has that sound to it where it, mm-hmm. it's almost like a movie score or smoky back streets or something like that like mm-hmm. it just has a different quality to it um yeah I've, i have played this game some though not a lot so uh and the only legal way you can get it in yeah. english is uh the ios version of it which yes. I gotta give you know thumbs up to Atlas yeah. for they spent the money on localizing the full game, which is based on the Famicom, Super Famicom version, and writing a whole text for it like today, or when I say today, like three years ago. Yeah. yeah. But you know the problem with it is that like I bought it and happily so, but it's really like it's archaic. It is. There's no way around yeah. it. I tried playing it for like an hour, and then when I realized like oh you made like no changes or concessions at all. Yeah. So it's like I still have to manually save, but it's like, dude, it's on my phone. Like, yes. The only um, the only way I would use it is if I could suspend it. You know, just hit the you know iPhone yeah. button and suspend the app, and then open it up again. It's like no, like every other app, it'll just kind of close after a while. Or mm. if I need to stop playing right now because it's a phone and I'm out. And it does make me it, wish they could just like they made the app. It works as an app. I know it's like it's not easy as like dump a file on a Wii U, sure, but. but Put it on a Wii U or put it or put it on 3DS. The like, most expensive part has been handled. Yeah, they've like, paid yeah. for localizing a massive RPG. Yeah, a huge game with a ton of text. Like, yeah, so uh, they've done that much, but maybe maybe the iOS sales weren't there anyway. I don't know. I don't want to guess at it. But yeah. so from playing it, it was interesting to see like all these things are there. Like I played it right around when I played Shin Megami Four on yeah. the 3DS, and you can see they have the, they want to tell similar stories each time you've yeah, got yeah. you've got the intersection of the of uh, old school demonic creatures with technology you've got the apocalypse and walking around apocalyptic Tokyo mm-hmm. uh, you've got uh, messed up teens trying to just figure out their way in the world man yeah uh, and you've got kind of dirge like music and it even opens with a dream where you where it introduces to you the idea of like this game will have multiple paths mm-hmm. who do you want to talk oh, to yeah, who's this yeah. going to be and like will you go with chaos or order in, yeah. in the case of the first Shimaga? yeah and i got the soundtrack to this in japan last time at one of the uh book offs uh, good old book off. I love that. Uh, and it was like, but again, everyone takes care of all their stuff in Japan. So it was mm. a used, it was a used CD, but it's a two disc set, a loss, a law disc, and a chaos disc. Uh, and but it's the Super NES, and it has a ton of cool liner notes that I can't read. <laughs> um, but it's just, I don't know. I picked that up last year, and I think that's what got me thinking about doing this uh, episode of like, you know, there's probably a ton of great music in here. Yeah, and Kichi Joji, by the way, is where the kid lives. Like that's where oh. the, the 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 boy who's the star. That's where it starts. Mm. The game begins in 1990X in uh-huh. Kichi Joji Tokyo. Um, but this, uh, even when it came out for PS One, we didn't get even that version because, and I and I would chalk that up to uh, Sony's like aggressive anti-sprite stuff. I mean, they were anti-sprites. They were anti two two Japanese of things too, and it was still super Japanese. But they also just had a branding problem in America, where they they wanted to call it. They called it Revelations. Like the yeah. name of the series was Revelations in America, because I could see in a pre in a pre Dragon Ball Z Inuyasha <laughs> world, yeah. there was just idea of like, well, if that's too weird a world, well, actually, I'd say it's Pokemon. Pokemon showed people you could sure. call something a weird Japanese name in America, and they'd still buy it. Yeah, um, but yeah, like it's but that first person thing would even you know extend into. I mean, we'll get into it more a little later, but the mm-hmm. whole Persona thing began as a first person, yeah, ex- yeah. exploration game as well. Um, yeah, like you mentioned. But the SMT one is strange because there are like polygonal mazes, I guess, that you walk around mm-hmm. in the PS1 remake. But I don't know. Like you said, at this point, they're probably like, this is too weird and too much money to localize. But then why they did Persona? <laughs> they took a gamble on that, but not yeah. the one that already had an established well, thing. Well, Persona I, had more CG cutscenes. It mm, had that. And, I guess, yeah. And it was more friendly. Like it, that's, that's something else, too, about SMT games yeah. are dark and yeah. like... 
they don't make you feel a lot of the times they don't make you feel good yeah there, there are humorous characters in it but other times it's like it, this world sucks yeah. and it's sad and i guess the core gameplay is like yeah it's a it's a dungeon crawlery first person corridor thing but you do talk to demons and have them join you or join mm-hmm. your team and you amass this group of followers well yeah a big a big part of smt and it's something that stops a lot of people from going over to smt from persona i found and by a lot i mean three people i know <laughs> but in persona if you get a monster you got a monster but in other games you in other smt spinoffs you get a monster but in regular SMT, you negotiate with a monster. Yeah. Like, oh, do you want to join? Maybe I will. Would you let me bite your head? Yeah. No. I like your moxie. Yeah. But, or you'll say, will you let me bite your head? No. I'll kill you. I'll kill you for this. Like, <laughs> Give me all your money. I have no. Uh, a friend of mine could not stand how random that was. Yeah. was and I just told him, like, that's SMT. That's like, I'm sorry. Um, we'll do two more songs. Uh, this is fighting slash battle music. Uh, one of the more complex songs on the OST, which I thought was, it's just very cool from the time, for the time period. And then the boss tune, which is a great escalation from the battle tune to boss, because any good RPG boss music is going to take what was there and just make it feel bigger and make mm-hmm. it feel like a bigger moment. Um, so we'll do the battle music and the boss music. Ace. Uh, 
that gives me a uh, this is digging deep, but a super archetype oh. uh, vibe. Which if you can if you understand that reference, God bless you. VGEmpire.com, Leave a comment. I'll, I will read it. And I just love that instrumentation. Like it's using a lot of the stuff I was talking about in the in the Shibuya soundtrack too. It's, yeah, yeah. It's just the heavy bass and yeah, heavy uh, bass and the drums don't sound so video gamey. They sound like they're really trying to approximate like there's someone sitting behind. I mean, it has a drum machine sound to it for sure, but yeah. it still feels like a guy playing drums, just like. And that undercurrent of sound too also is one of those things that feels like oh this is definitely it's it's still the kind of like funereal feel there too yes like, that 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 yeah. constant noise that I cannot approximate but yeah that always has a feeling of like what like like it's just such an unsettling noise that is persistent across all the game well and every like boss fights especially in the pre well you know every Shin Megami Tensei boss fight is mean like you're you could be screwed especially if you don't memorize weaknesses Ugh. like yeah. you better remember like oh yeah oh this guy's of this uh genus of monster <laughs> that means lightning is gonna f them up got it okay it's, it's not like oh he's water it's like no no, no, no it's some other thing yeah no this guy's a vial like so use this on him like yeah. a boss <laughs> i don't know that takes us uh from uh, smt the first one into smt2 just called shim nagami tensei 2 1994 for Super Famicom, uh, ported in 2002 to PS1 and 2003 to the GBA. Um, so after the events of the first game, uh, you could do a balanced or a chaos playthrough. Mm-hmm. And a balanced hero uh, creates a new world, but over time, of course, that balanced world falls into decay and people flock to a new city called Tokyo Millennium. Ah. And uh, as a player, you get to align with good or bad demons that, again, feed into the law or chaos uh, you know, direction the game will steer. And uh, choices you make will affect the outcome at the end. The catch is that the perfect new world you create is only for a chosen few. Ah. So, spoilers for the stories of SMT2. And I mean, we'll be spoiling ah, the plots a... for for most <laughs> yeah. of these anyway. But uh, odds are, if you haven't played them by now, like I don't think it's... Are you going to set aside 30 hours? Yeah. Not it's like more than 30. It's, it's fine, but it's also like... I read the story and was like, this all sounds awesome. And yeah. knowing it just made me more inspired to want to play them. But uh, basically, you're supposed to be a good guy. And the way mm. it sounded to me was... Uh, the new perfect world you're trying to create mm-hmm. is for like only the chosen or like those who would be raptured away, and everyone else dies. So it's like wow. the good ending is most of the world dies. Damn, I uh, I that, think that's how it plays out. That's so shocking too that I I didn't know this about this one that in so many other SMT games the good or the true ending is usually the one that just puts back the status quo. Uh, like yeah. the world is destroyed and now back to status you. You so will you choose to kill God or yeah. kill the devil or just put everything back to normal? Yeah. And usually back to normal is the true ending. Yeah. Uh, well, so we'll jump into three songs from this, uh, from SMT2. This is uh, 3D Virtual Battler, uh, <laughs> which uh, the battles in this, well, this is uh, d- oh, during the beginning of the game where I think you're being trained mm-hmm. or like this is how battles work and you're in a virtual environment and the guy who you wake up next to or whatever is like, that's the spirit. Now push A, whatever. <laughs> uh, it has a disco-y sound and is very toe-tappy with a lot of good synth and more of that good bass guitar. Um, after that is uh, Makai slash Demon uh, 3D. So, when again, you'd encounter things in, in the quote-unquote 3D environment, but called Makai. Uh, maintains that SMT creepy vibe we've talked about. And then Underground. Um, the whole thing sounds like it reminds me kind of of uh, Warriors, like the movie, oh. just like the opening to Warriors. That great music it's playing, like when the mm. title the title comes up in the Warriors, um, and like it's doing the credits, like when the, you're in the subway and the trains are running by in the opening of the movie. Like it mm. reminds me of that. So, Virtual Battler, uh, Makai theme, and Underground.
just the synth of that, and like yeah. it's very eighties, late seventies, early eighties synth sound. And again, the drums. It, I think a better way to articulate what I was trying to say, well, both of us, I think, we're trying to get at is like it seems to be miming the effect of actually playing the drums, mm. and it still sounds electronic and like a drum machine and like a you know samples and everything. Not, well, not samples, but just artificial. Yeah, but the the way it plays the drums it does feel like it's trying to give that band feeling rather than just a video game backbeat well also that light sireny thing like yeah yeah and uh, i also in the makai song i i felt like it built really well like, yeah in, in, the it, chorus effect to the voices for mm-hmm. a while and, and it didn't feel as dirge like mm-hmm. as the as the other as the previous one though i i looked up real quick just something about the development that they really didn't want this one to feel even though it was two, they wanted it com- as separate from the previous one. They yeah. needed a big cutoff, and just to tell their own new story. And that's pretty much how they've handled every SMT f- since then. Yeah, it like, seems like they're not even really connected. No, this also the idea of like that it's kind of futuristic. It, it has futurism to it, but it also has you know this perfect world that's not so perfect. Yeah, the, these are the more high concept things that they would put in side games. Some too. Like, yeah, and. To get to speak to that, the villain in this game is basically Yahweh, uh, oh. which is spelled like Y V W H or something like that, mm-hmm. and it's like that's going to raise some eyebrows when you're trying to localize a game where you're like, okay, so tell me about this game uh, company. I'm gonna we're <laughs> thinking about publishing in America. Like, uh, let's not talk about that. Yeah, I, think, um, I mean, I think that's what helped SMT grow into the weird creature it is today yeah. because. They never had it was clearly made never thinking of an no audience outside of Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even then a niche Japanese audience yeah. too. Like not not a wide yeah. they weren't looking to sell as many copies as Final Fantasy no, even in Japan, all. you know. And through the course of this story, if I summarize these correctly, you either battle or align with Satan. Mm-hmm. And if you team with Satan, you kill Yahweh. Yeah. After he right. blows up the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh and I read a review of the uh, soundtrack on RPG Fan uh, and saying some of the tracks here provide a base that Shoji Meguro would draw upon in future games, uh, such as song uh, Recovering Remembrance. And that bong, 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 that is like the quintessential SMT noise to me. Yeah. I don't know why. But, well, in uh, general, the games do want you to feel kind of unsettled. Like, yeah, definitely. And uh, I'm I I'm impressed. Like, yeah, Meguro doesn't join the series for a little bit while yeah. after this. Yeah, I think but. it's more like when he does, they're like looking back to this soundtrack to be like, that's the sound I want to try to emulate. Mm-hmm. Um, which you'll hear a little bit more of that in the next game. But we'll do real quick, uh, four songs from SMT2. For some reason, this one leapt out at me more than the first game. Uh, this is the 2D Makai Field uh, music that musical as you explore Demon Town later in the game. And then after that is a 2D field overworld music. Uh, and again, I love the the instrument choices here. It just makes it sound so different from every other Super NES game of the day. Uh, and then battle music, uh, organs, guitars, great, con- great, great contrast to all the other stuff we've heard, which is a little more ambient or atmospheric or straight up, or almost disco-y <laughs> in some of its approach. But this is like, I mean, guitars and organs together is like basically... I don't remember this off the top of my head, but I'm going to say Boston. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I start thinking of. Uh, and after that is the boss music, where the instrumentation is super chaotic, uh, almost grating, I would guess, on purpose, because it's supposed to be an intense boss fight music. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is uh, 2D Makai, 2D Overworld, Field Music, uh, and then Battle and Boss from SMT2.
really strange. Wow, that boss theme took a real turn. It was fun at first, and then it's like... Yeah. Just this grating, like, three untuned electric... Like, just guitars <laughs> just not... That should not be played anymore. All playing in unison. Uh, kind of out of... Not even not out of sync, just really clashing with this, mm. like, otherwise very smooth, rounded sound effects, I would say. Mm. And that feels like a very pointy sound effect. Yeah, you can tell they, you know, they they figured out their instrumentation a bit more from the first one as well. Like, the, they... It's a more diverse group of instruments they're using in this one than, than, than it sounded like in the first Shin Megami. There was something I even I failed to mention oh. earlier in this is that while not exactly the first, sure. Shin Megami Tensei really is one of the pioneers of monster collecting games. Oh like yeah, they, that makes sense. They were it, and so when the Pokemon craze began, then they would get in on it, or they'd also be like, "No, we did that. That's yeah. our thing." Because there was a GBC Revelations game, yeah, uh, yeah, which I don't know where that fits in. Well, that's Last thing. Bible, which is their version of it. It's the one where it takes place in like European past. It looks more like an FF game, which is probably why it ended right. up getting brought over here okay. but it's called it was certainly not called last bible in america <laughs> uh but yeah though they, they'd also make other monster collecting ones but yeah when i finally played my first smt game i was like oh this is this is pokemon except <laughs> it's even better because all the demons are ugly yeah and you don't really get that attached to them except for power really that's what and, yeah. and then you want to slam but then you want to make them more powerful so you just fuse them together and they're like they even have fun lines sometimes saying, like, you're you're kind of killing me to make a new yeah. thing, but I love you, Master. And you're like, oh, yeah, for <laughs> more power. That's why, uh, I mean, we'll get into it in the next episode, but, like, I gave SMT4 a fair shake and uh-huh. put, like, eight hours in, which by any other measure... <laughs> That's a campaign is a, for most kids. ...is a lot of time, and it's like, you, so you basically didn't play SMT4. Uh, but mm-hmm. that, the whole fusion... And Persona gets me with this, too, where it's mm-hmm. just... I get so attached to things, like... This probably says a lot about my life, actually. Uh, <laughs> like, when you fuse two monsters, I'm like, but what about the two that I had? It's like, it doesn't matter, because it's not like there's a lot of complex rules. It's like, generally, if you put two things together, it will make a better it's thing. It's always a better thing. And it's the only way you're going to get a lot of monsters, okay. is if you do the fusion. I just feel like I'm limiting so many potential outcomes when I finally fuse them. Yeah. Which gets, it's almost a virtues last reward story <laughs> happening uh, every time I play the game. How messed up does that make the universe if mm. if all that's true multiple timelines uh, uh every time someone doesn't evolve a pokemon or does or fuses these two and or those two i feel like that has to like wow splinter indefinitely to the point of like well this alone let alone all the micro decisions you make throughout the day uh the thousand hours you put into a game like this where it's like all the things you did or didn't do who cares that's uh, heavy thoughts man uh, that's what that's what smt does man get ready for more heavy hitting thoughts i mean on later, later smt games give you i i don't know i can't recall if it's in the very first ones but most smt games do give you the ability to resurrect ones you've killed like you can resummon them pretty much as they uh, were it just costs you money and by that point i'm like well maka is not an easy to get thing right. i'm not spending it on this, on this maka is your de- maka is your devil money, devil like, money. some games also have yen and maka but right. maka is what you use to summon the demons uh moving from that briefly into a game i i don't think i'd even heard of prior to me looking into the episode uh, to round out the Super Famicom early days of SMT and round out the first of October is Shin Megami Tensei If. Oh, If. Dot, dot, dot. dot. Which that, apparently is based on some movie with Malcolm McDowell in it. Wow. Uh, or like not not based on, but Oh, like, no, 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 yeah. If loosely, is... Loosely. Uh, that's another... Speaking of things that would be controversial in America, If is a uh, early Malcolm McDowell film where he... Uh, he's part of a student rebellion in an English school, yeah. which uh, involves students killing teachers oh, and good. fighting it. So, yeah. So, you knew this movie already off the top of your head? Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, well, I used to work at a video store clerk. Sure. And, and it was a big deal when I worked it's there. finally paying off. It was a big deal when I worked there when If was released on Criterion. Oh. Because oh. for a long time, it was kind of like Battle Royale in a way of just like... Oh, after Columbine, these films will yeah. never be put out on DVD here. It's better if we bury these things and no one talks about them ever again yeah. and we don't deal with them. 
But anyway, so wow, it's, yes. it, it's, it's inspired by that. Uh, apparently, that's what again the information on this. I just have to trust what someone mm. wrote on the internet about it because I, I I can't interview these people. I, I mean, the desperate high school setting totally yeah. fits with SMT's theme. So this is 1994 Super Famicom, and then was ported in 2002 to PS1. Uh, a spinoff, which is this is the game credited with inspiring Persona because it is a high school setting. A group of well-dressed kids all handling a slightly smaller, more personal story mm-hmm. and not as high concept as the two we just talked about, which are Satan and God dueling for the fate of the world. <laughs> the, the the apocalypse doesn't happen in it. Yeah, it seems more like closer to what Persona would become, where mm-hmm. it's like a group of friends, not just like a nameless you know protagonist who's going to either do or undo the world. Yeah, though it is... Your teammates get more or less personality depending on the game, but they usually do love to have, like, your main character is just you. Like, give them your name. And I don't mean why you, which is the yeah. canonical name of the, PS, <laughs> uh, the Persona 4 star. Oh, I really? Mean, yeah. Wow. And when they had to, when they finally made an anime that's went of Persona 3 and 4, in both those, they said, we can't have them never say his name. Like, yeah. characters have to say his name. So in, P- in Persona 4, they made his name you, as in they they knew that was the American right. English word. That's cool. So yeah, um, a handful. I don't know much else about this game. It does look like some assets were reused and maybe remixes and homages as far as music. Mm-hmm. And given the tight turnaround and how late, not late ninety four is not late for a Super NES game, but it seems like the same year or within the same you know twelve month period as SMT two. Oh, so I feel wow. like this had to be like concurrent development or. Yeah, cutting some corners by using assets you've already made, maybe some, re- you know, whatever. I can see that, and I mean, that's kind of how that's kind of how Persona got started as well. It's like being a side thing. Like yeah, uh, we'll do a few songs from this. Uh, at first, up first is City of the Makai, and we'll go from the Super Famicom into that PSX rendition that I mentioned before. Uh, and after that is Boss Battle, which again is getting that uh, I'm getting another Super R type vibe out of this stuff. Uh, which again, if you can even put that together, man, hats off. Uh, and after that is the battle theme uh, from the Akira volume, and I think this is a remix from the SMT Sound Collection that came out in 2003. But when I was looking up, hey, what are the popular songs from SMT? If this just kept coming up, so I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay, fine. If this is what people have agreed is a great song from this, then I will listen to you, the fans. Uh, so, City of the Makai. We're going to do Super Famicom and PSX versions, uh, and then Boss Battle, and then Regular Battle Akira Volume.
definitely starts to get into East territory. Tsukasa and Moscow uh, did the. I'm guessing the arrangements for the PS1 version. Uh, yeah, I, I love that Akira. Like the last one there was like God, it's just blazing. I yeah, love that. super screaming uh, digital guitar. But uh, yeah, and I would. I mean, I look at all the stuff in here. I really. It does seem sound like such a cool story, like, and it would be fun to play the original Persona game or like the the where it all the came root from. to Persona. Yeah, yeah, though I have a hard enough time with regular the yeah, the very first. Well, actually, the PSP remake of the very first Persona. So, if that feels too archaic for me, then I don't know if I'd actually yeah. be able to play a fan translation of this. Oh boy. Um, but that's the wrap up for the first episode uh, of Rocktober. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of handling the Super Famicom era, and again, none of these really came to America, shy of the iOS port of mm. SMT. Which, again, God love them for bothering. And I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you're if you're going to put it on a machine that the most people could possibly play it, I get it. Mm-hmm. But it's also the least suitable platform for that type of game. Yeah, I mean, Atlas... With, with no concessions made at all for, like, oh, can I just have, like, a hot save to just, like, yeah. boink, re- restore this moment? It took a long time for Atlas of America to figure out what it was as a publisher because mm-hmm. they published a lot of, like, just cutesy stuff in America yeah. first because they couldn't yeah. do these things. They're too... They, they, they wouldn't have been able to publish them, honestly. And like, did they... Is this around the time... I forget how this goes, where, like, they didn't publish the first several, but then they finally started becoming publishing themselves yeah like that changeover happened at some point in here i mean they got into they did publish games even on the original game boy like they mm. did they they were doing stuff in the mid 90s and famously they they even had a virtual boy game they had a virtual uh, boy i am a proud owner of that somehow uh, yeah. a friend of mine got it and then was just like yeah if you want it it's 10 bucks and it's like I, yes i do and i think atlas was the first publisher of lufia in the u.s as well oh, that sounds about right yeah so they they were publishing stuff but just not their ultra ultra weird japanese yeah. ultra japanese things they wouldn't get the guts to do that until you know persona as revelations persona in the u.s yes and even then the localization was you know i don't blame it now as a bad localization they were sure. doing what was the thing at the time so mm. they're just like this guy's Jim. This, this yeah. lady's Alice. Yeah. They're all in high school USA. Yes, and eating burgers, and it's clearly ramen. Or and I think they, I, I even after that first one, the response to it was they realized the only people they're going to get playing these games back then, especially, are Japanophiles who have heard about it. Yeah, and so they want every detail like I, that's something I fear Atlas has gone too far on the other way as a localizer that they, I get it calling your upperclassman senpai in high school is a big part of the Japanese high school experience seemingly and so you want to keep that but it's just so weird where they're just like I'm anti-honorifics in, in well, English localization well if you want to get that full experience you either got to go to high school there or <laughs> I guess having a game series that bothers with those details is nice but yeah, yeah. Uh, but that wraps up the first episode vgempire.com where all our episodes are located on iTunes, we're on Stitcher. You can rate and review the show there, of course. You can also leave a comment on the episode on VGEmpire.com. I do read every comment, and <laughs> I always appreciate when people you know, sound off and uh, post links to songs from the games that we didn't play or any details of the game that you remember personally. Or I'll be surprised if anybody has any particular memories of these three games, but hmm. maybe just the idea of an SMT Rocktober uh, does something for you or not. I think there's a lot of great music in here, even though it's this, it's a series that I have like no personal attachment to mm-hmm. because I have tried over and over again. The music <laughs> is the thing I like the most, and this is probably one of the biggest blank spots I have when it comes to I've listened to this music a lot and played the game very little, mm-hmm. um, which is a cross-section that I, it's not a very big cross-section of people, I feel like, where... That is a rare thing. If you dug into was... the music a lot, but the game, you're like, I never played it. Like, yeah. That's weird. That's like saying, like, oh, Harry Potter, I just like the names of characters so much. <laughs> like, Yeah, <laughs> where, like, I, I memorize all the spell names on the wikis, but, like, I didn't read the books, no. Uh, we'll go out with the staff roll to uh, SMT If, which is an amazing credits tune and has, like, an improv guitar solo in the middle, you know, wow. appro- approximating that feel. It has a Breakfast Club-style thoughtful ending, which makes sense given the high school... You know, mm-hmm. setting and everything, but we'll go out the staff roll to SMT two, SMT if, and we'll be back in one week for another Rocktober SMT Tober baby.